Mama, it is here and available for download. It's the new Modern Mamas Club app. We are so ready to join you on your personal journey from conflicted to centered. We want to take you on an evidence-based path from feeling conflicted all the time, from feeling pulled in all kinds of directions, from feeling burnt out to feeling really purposeful and aligned as you move through your working motherhood experience, no matter what is happening around you. So go check it out in the App Store. Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Welcome back to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. Today, I have Dr. Heather Rhodes. She is a holistic pharmacist, and she is here to talk with us about hormones and that lovely topic that I feel like actually we don't talk enough about as mamas and how that impacts us. And so I'm here to learn just as much as you guys are and to find out kind of what we need to know about hormones, how that impacts us, what we can do about it. And I want to start like we usually do, Heather, by talking about your journey, like what got you totally fired up about this topic and wanting to change women's lives. Yes. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to chat with everyone today. And you are so spot on. We just do not talk about hormones enough. And that's actually a big part of my journey was that I, you know, went to pharmacy school. I went through a clinical residency program. Like I say I'm schooled up, but I definitely paid for that school. (laughs) Still paying for that school. (laughs) But we like we invest so much of our time and our money and our energy to, and even if you don't go to a schooling for it, you're going to the doctor, like you're researching, like we want to know and learn about our bodies and we're like given all the resources to do that. But then this one topic that for women influences every single part of our lives, we just never get this needed information about. And so Mm -hmm. That was a huge part of my story was that I, you know, thought I understood what health was. It was very much a mentality that was kind of ingrained in me traditionally about weight and exercise and eating, you know, salads. And I (laughs) kind of slowly morphed down a road that actually took that to an extreme, which was really unhealthy. But nobody Mm -hmm. said that. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, like I was the perfect picture of health, right? Mm -hmm. But what happened was my hormones really got out of whack. My body stopped cycling. I was having a ton of symptoms, but every time I'd go to the doctor, they're like, you're fine. Like your blood work's fine. Like totally Mm -hmm. okay. Even though, I mean, I didn't have a period for like years and years and years. And eventually I was like, 
this can't be true. Like this can't be how my body was made to function. And really when we started trying to have children was the place where I was like, all right, I've got, I've got to have answers. Like all the doctors say, this doesn't matter until you're ready to have kids. So they're going to give me my answers and I'm going to know what to do next. And that was not the case at all. We were told like try for a year we weren't given any suggestions, support for like lifestyle, for diet, no questions about my period, no questions about my weight loss, no questions about my exercise routine. And I really felt alone. And the advice I was given was here's meds, here's birth control, go lose weight. And that was after having gone through a recovery like program <laughs> for trying to lose weight mm-hmm. way too aggressively. So I say all that because I really had to learn to be my own advocate. And I remembered thinking one day like, I have gone through all of this medical training and I still can't figure this out. This isn't easy. No one's telling me the answers. Like there has to be a way for me to know more. And that's when I decided that like, okay, if I have the tools to do it, I'm going to figure it out. And then I'm going to help every other person behind me come do the same thing because that feeling and, and being there and being in that stuck place, is just so difficult and frustrating. And we're going to people we trust to help us. And like, we just don't have a great healthcare system that's set up to do this well, if you follow a traditional path. So a, I feel you on the whole, everybody tells you, you should like just diet, you should exercise when you do lose weight, even to an extreme people are like, Oh my gosh, you look freaking amazing. Like this whole diet culture mentality that we have, especially in America, just perpetuates itself. And I remember a couple of years ago that I I lost like 10, 15 pounds and I, I was doing it in a, like a, a healthy way, healthier than I've ever done before. But still that pressure of like people then constantly like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. Oh my gosh, you look amazing. And I'm like, okay, great. So what happens when I don't look amazing? You know what I mean? Like, okay, I guess I didn't before. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I wasn't like enough before. All of a sudden I felt like I got more respect than I had previously. I felt like my husband was more into me. You know, it, it is this like horrible cycle of when you create that perfect image on the outside that it creates almost more anxiety on the inside about wanting to keep it going and wanting that perfect picture to still be there. So I hear you on that. I also, I love my gynecologist and my women's health specialist. And also she also was part of that crew. That's like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. You look amazing. Meanwhile, like no cycle for three months, like clearly kind of bordering on getting back into some unhealthy rigidity that I'd had as a teenager. And also knowing inside, like there has to be some hormonal imbalance because I know as a physician, like when you're not having your period on a regular basis, that means your body is basically telling you, I do not have the reserves to have another life be inside of me and be able to then carry that that other life to completion, right? Like to be able to have a baby. So when I see eating disorder kids, teens in my practice, that's what I'm always telling them when they're like, I haven't had a period. It's so nice. It's so amazing. I'm like, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> that means your body's telling you something is off. So I do think there's this like cultural shift that has to happen around health over like 
your BMI being in a certain spot, you know, or you, for those who don't know, BMI, look that up, but that's like body mass index. It's like your height and your weight and like, you know, the, the, the compilation of those things that we do have to focus on what's the underlying hormonal foundation. And then the other thing I was going to say is that as a physician, I totally agree with you that our system is not set up to really focus on holistic health for moms, for women, or for their kids. When I go to see a patient, there are these metrics that I am judged by to say like, did I check for car seat safety? Did I check for helmet safety? Did I check to make sure that they're like brushing their teeth a couple times a day? And those things are all important things to make sure you touch on in the span of your relationship with the patient to make sure you've addressed all those things. But I have found that the most meaningful conversations and the deepest conversations that actually get at the core of what's happening for a family or preventing them from getting to wellness usually aren't things that tick off a box. They're usually me like slowing down and really digging in. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's actually how, you know, I didn't get into the details of how my practice started, but I was working inside of a primary care office as essentially kind of like a mid-level provider. So I had privileges to prescribe and we had appointments. We had those same boxes and mine was more so in the metabolic disease conditions. So those are things like high Mm -hmm. blood pressure, diabetes, elevated cholesterol, And we had the same things. Ours was heavily focused on meds. So like, did you adjust these meds? Are they taking blank, 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 blank? Because, you know, you get a diagnosis and Mm -hmm. then you've got a list of meds you have to take because, you know, they've shown that these meds can increase survival if you have this disease. But that was the focus of our visit versus, well, could we get their levels to where they don't qualify as diagnosis anymore. So they're now not on seven meds for the rest of their life. That was never the focus. That was never how our visits were directed. You have time constraints. You have all types of different things that play a role in here. But what I noticed was my patients wanted to get better. And particularly my women patients, a lot that had some kind of co-hormonal stuff going on because we know that your estrogen and your progesterone influence your insulin, which influences diabetes and sugar numbers. We know that it influences things like your blood pressure. We know that if you are, you know, having difficulty, there's two spans really when it comes to fat cell production and stuff, but your hormones are actually made of fats, but you need, you know this, but you need like specific types of fats. And so a lot of people are really low in the fats they need to make hormones, but then really high in the flat fats that can cause inflammation. And so we just put them on meds to like overall decrease it rather than thinking like, okay, if we know that you've got high blood pressure and we know that you've got these issues with your cholesterol, that's a signal that your body has shifted from the way it's supposed to be functioning to functioning in this kind of like, kind of, I want to call it like a backup generator state. So like when you were talking about how, if we want run out of our reserves, our body's like, we don't have what we need. And what I mm-hmm. find that with most of those long-term conditions that link back to our metabolism, our habits have kind of shifted our metabolism on or off. And I shouldn't say on or off, but our body gets depleted and starts running off of those reserves and only those reserves. And when it does that, we see that cascade of things start shifting. And that's Mm -hmm. why I think what you realize as so as being so important of like, Hey, it's going to be a problem if you don't have your cycle. Cause that's step one. 
Step two mm-hmm. is, you know, X, Y, Z. Step three is maybe now we've got some issues with the gut. Step four is, okay, well, now these gut issues have turned into autoimmune conditions with your thyroid. And so I think that's a huge piece that gets missed too. But what I kept finding was that the patients want to get every patient was like, I don't want to be on meds. I don't want to be on more meds. I want to be on less mm-hmm. meds. Do you think mm-hmm. I'll be able to come off my meds? And the only way for me to do that effectively is to walk them through I would like to say like months of trainings on how their body works and then how do they take that information and turn it into a skill of supporting their body. And what healthcare system has time for me to do that? <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of and they're like, like, sorry, we don't have a billion bucks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And like the patients don't have a ton of time to keep coming back and paying the copay. And I mean, it's just not set up for us to have these really core like skill building foundations that I think most people need, especially women just to understand like, okay, this is how my body works. This is how my cycle works. This is how I work with it. This is what it means if it gives me a signal. Cause a lot of times we just, and you probably see this too, like our body tells us stuff and we don't really know what it means. And we just kind of assume like it's either normal or it's not, or we go to the doctor and like our blood work doesn't show that it's bad enough to be abnormal. So we're just kind of like, okay, Cool. Like, I'll just wait until it gets bad enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it totally depends on your provider too. I mean, it's in, and I've had so many amazing doctors that have taken the time and the work. And, you know, I had a lot of providers I worked with that would send people to me because as the pharmacist, sometimes I would have an hour with a patient. And so if I've got an hour mm-hmm. a month, I can teach you a good amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then we always kind of get stuck in our time constraints of like, well, I can only do that for so many patients and I want so many more to have this information. So I totally understand, you know, those pieces that you're seeing in your practice too. Okay. So tell me, you realized that maybe there were some things we could do basically before medicine. You call yourself, I love on your website, like the anti-drug dealer. And in in my world, from my public health perspective, it's just like, we're talking about prevention. What are things you can do that can make it so that then you regulate things so you don't need to get to that spot? Of course, there are there is a time and a place for medication for all types of disorders, but trying to see, are there other ways that we can address it? So Tell me then what you learned about what people really should know and what they can do that doesn't take medication. Oh, for sure. So for women specifically, I think the very first thing is understanding how your body's cycling. So simply understanding like what basically just kind of like the ins and outs of your period, right? So when are you ovulating? What happens when you ovulate? When you're having symptoms like migraines or fatigue or PMS, it's actually your body telling you that it's having a hard time with your hormone transitions. And the only reason that would be happening is if there is some imbalances in the levels, right? And so we think like, okay, perfect. Then I'll just go get, you know, some testing done. I'll get my hormone levels tested. But hormones are a little fickle in that they change up to like almost as quickly as every eight hours. So you could get a test that says like, well, this day of the month, you're fine. But that doesn't show us the full picture. And what actually will give us the full picture is you understanding and kind of tracking and getting some of this data on your own. So I tell people, you know, rather than if you can commit to 30 days of eating 
whole foods, like our whole 30 day, Uh right? Like what if first Uh you committed to 30 days of spending that same amount of time and effort, probably less time and effort, just kind of tracking what your body's doing and kind of pairing that with like, okay, this happens on cycle day one, or I'm getting headaches and it's happening like it's the 15th day of my cycle. I'm just going to write it down. It doesn't mean you have to do anything Mm -hmm. about it. It doesn't mean you have to have a plan. You just start observing. And then once, you know, two or three months have gone by, people start realizing and connecting the dots and saying like, oh, well, I thought I was just having random migraines, but they're actually happening every single day before I ovulate and every single day before my period starts. I thought I just was Mm -hmm. having issues with my patients and, you know, my kids were just super hard a couple of times during the month, but actually... I can't, I feel like my life is falling apart three days before my period starts every single month. And so Uh a lot of these things that we are so traditionally like accustomed to kind of blaming on ourselves or thinking it's just like random, or maybe we think like, oh, it must've been that I ate something yesterday. It must've been that I didn't sleep enough the day before. We think that like our body is just doing something result, doing something result, but our bodies really work in these cyclical manners. And so, especially for women, if you can just simply start tracking your cycle and start understanding when you're ovulating, know how to understand that, and then start looking at the symptoms that you do have that you're wanting to improve that you keep being told maybe are normal or that you shouldn't, you know, worry about, but you know, your intuition's telling you like, no, I think something's off. If that's you, if that's what you're feeling, then just start doing some data. And it's literally as simple as like, I call it like cycle and symptom tracking. I actually have a free like spreadsheet kind of to help you do this. I map it out for like how to do it on my website. And so we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put the show notes. Yeah, for sure. I think that's one of the like first pieces. And then if you want to go even deeper than that, you can start looking into like, Hey, what do your body types look like? Because I've hit a little bit on metabolism and how that really drives a lot. Because when we think about health in general, what most of us kind of exist at is this surface level of like, how do I feel day to day? What are my symptoms? And then maybe we go a little deeper to like, well, what are my hormones doing? Because those are the messengers. Those are carrying everything out. Mm-hmm. We go a little deeper than that. We've got to look at what are the signals your body's getting? Because the signals your body gets is actually what determine what it does with hormones. And then if we go one step deeper than that, we have to focus on, well, what are your cells doing? What are all the little things inside of your body? How are they operating? And do they have what they need to operate well? And that's actually what your metabolism is. It's how does your body take the things in your environment and turn it into energy for those little tiny cells? And so when I talk about, you know, what does that have to do with your hormones and your cycle? Well, we can track our body temps with our VBTs, our basal body temperatures. And that can give us a little insight into, hey, is your body operating on these reserves? Is your body operating on the backup gener- generator? Or does your body have excess energy and it's using that to produce heat, which is our body temp? And that's staying within this ideal range that shows us that your metabolism is actually functioning in a really great place. And metabolism isn't like calories in, calories out, or that type of stuff. When I talk about it, at least, I'm meaning more like, hey, we're we're looking really at like, how is your thyroid functioning? Is your body under stress? Is your body feeling safe enough to ovulate? You can look for other markers besides BBTs, but I find that they are one of the like easiest ones that sometimes as women, we can just like not really understand, especially for like not trying to get pregnant. We're like, why would I do that? But it's actually a free way for you to get some insight into like, 
hey, I want to confirm a little bit if my body is really struggling and under a lot of stress and that that's influencing my metabolism, which is influencing my hormones, which is influencing how I feel every day. You know how like in high school you could join different clubs depending on your interests or things people were into? I wasn't really that much of a club person when I was younger, but these days it feels like having a tribe of other working moms around me is so, so valuable. And it's hard to do in real life because we're all scattered and busy and have our separate lives. We have designed the Modern Mamas Club to be that club, that tribe, that support network for you. And we didn't want it just to be about what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome professional or what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome mom, but also what are the ways we can help you to remember who you are as an individual person? Voila, welcome. The Modern Mamas Club is on the scene. It's a community of mamas to support you, 24 access to our video library, live events, workshops, hangouts, relatable mom rooms and discussions, and a resource library and recommendations from yours truly, Dr. Whitney. Go check it out at modernmommydoc.com. My husband, he, (laughs) like a year ago, started tracking my period, I think for his own sanity, because he saw (laughs) that three days before, two days before I had my period, that I was like a raging bee. And that basically I would be like mad at the world, upset with everybody, but that I did not even recognize it. Like, like you're saying, mm-hmm. I kept on being like, well, it's probably because I didn't sleep well. It's probably because I like mm-hmm. had something stressful happen. It's probably because like blah, 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 blah. And then once he started tracking it, I would go, oh yeah, well, I got my period today. And he's like, yeah, I already knew that. Yeah. I knew that was going to happen. He's like, that's why I've been like, you know, keeping a distance from you. <laughs> okay. You know? So I do <laughs> think there is something clearly to like mm-hmm. us not even being aware of what are the changes in our cycle oh, yeah. that impact our mood, our energy levels, our ability to function, our emotional oh, yeah. state. I mean, I get, I tend to get really anxious right before my period. So mm-hmm. I think hundred percent what you're saying. Now, my question then, and I know the question on everybody's mind is, okay, cool. So I track how I'm feeling. I track my symptoms. I track my basal body temperature. What do I do with it? Yeah. And so I think that that's where it comes to finding resources that you trust that are going to teach you what these things mean. Right. So like, if you've got it narrowed down to like, okay, I can tell that let's say like for you, so you're having anxiety mm-hmm. before a couple of days before your period. And then maybe you're having a little bit of rage and then, which was my story. I actually Mm-hmm. I have this somewhere on my website or somewhere where I picked up a chair and threw it over my head like a freaking WWE wrestler at my husband <laughs> because uh-huh. I was just like in this fit of rage and I like punched a wall and I was just sitting there thinking afterwards like I am not a violent person. I've never been violent. I've never had like anger issues. Like what in the world is happening to me? And it was really, it was, I mean, he laughed and I remember at the time it wasn't funny, 
But I think back now and I'm like, that was probably one of the funniest things to watch ever. But my, my period came the next sure. day. And that was when that's when it clicked because I was like, you know, I've actually been acting like this kind of like every day before my period comes. <laughs> and so what it means, so when you understand what's happening during your cycle, you can actually look at a basic graph. You can Google it. I recommend, you know, always having that expert come alongside you and like teach you what you're looking at and how it works. But you can see what hormones are transitioning in those timeframes. And so we know that progesterone's job is actually, so progesterone is one of our main female hormones. We have two, estrogen and progesterone. We have a lot of other ones, but if we want to keep it as basic as possible, you just want to look at that graph of what happens during an average cycle and where what are estrogen and progesterone doing when you start feeling crazy. And a lot of people mm-hmm. notice the like, oh, well, you know, maybe let's, so we'll stick with our anxiety example. So you're noticing like, okay, well, I'm having anxiety three days before my period. Well, when I look at what the standard hormones should look like, it looks like progesterone is taking a pretty big dip those couple mm-hmm. of days before my period. So what does progesterone do? Well, we go and look at that. Progesterone's job is actually to turn off our cortisol and fight or flight system. It's called our natural Xanax. So essentially you go all month, like having this natural form of Xanax that makes you feel calm, that helps you sleep, that keeps you from feeling like the world is falling on top of you. And if that, if your levels maybe aren't balanced, then when it starts dipping, it doesn't feel like this nice, beautiful, slow dip where you just transition into a more vulnerable state Mm -hmm. and your cycle starts. No, you feel like a crazy person. You're throwing chairs at people. And so that's Mm -hmm. when I knew like, okay, something's off because my hormones aren't taking the transitions the way they need to be. And for me, and probably what I would suspect for you as well, is that you probably were experiencing some issues with low progesterone. And so then we think of like, okay, let's get go even deeper. This is what root cause, you know, support, holistic support really is. We go a little deeper and look at like, so most of the time we would think like, okay, cool. You just need a progesterone supplement. But We know that the way our body works is that when we give it a supplementation of a hormone, it actually tells our brain to make less of that hormone because it's getting it from an outside source. So your brain says, cool, I'm getting progesterone. Why would I make more? We're actually going to stop wasting our energy because we're already functioning on those reserves and we're Mm -hmm. not going to make progesterone. She's giving it to us every day. The issue is that even, you know, more natural forms of progesterone, they don't operate the same way that the progesterone your body makes does. So it's kind of like you're Mm -hmm. trading now, like your body makes the Ruth's Chris steak filet of progesterone. And you're (laughs) like, well, I can go to McDonald's and just grab some and and have it every day. Right. Like you're going to have very different effects. Just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like to have people go deeper and say like, okay, well, why are your progesterone levels low? So what do we know Mm -hmm. can decrease progesterone in the body? Nine times out of 10, it's high stress signaling. So some part Mm -hmm. of your body is super stressed out. So your brain is getting signals that say, hey, you're not in a safe place. So we're not going to make a lot of this progesterone because that actually is going to decrease your stress hormones. And we need those to keep you alive because you're not living in a safe place. And we have to remember that our bodies live in a very like primal thing. Like our bodies operate in the same way they have since we were like as a population hunter gatherers living in caves. Mm -hmm. So we may think like, well, it's super normal to have technology, you know, 
infiltrating our brain 24 seven and have exposure to blue lights and have, you know, it's like cool to only sleep six hours. It's great to wake up and run, you know, three miles every morning, your body is taking all of that and thinking like worst case scenario. It's like, Oh my God, she can only sleep six hours because this bear was like sitting outside of her cave and she thinks the bear is going to eat her. So she wakes up every morning and runs and like your body has no idea that you're doing great and just trying to be a part of normal society. It thinks you're legitimately like threatened. And so it says like, Hey, we've only got so many resources we need to use all of them to make these hormones that will keep our heart beating and that will keep us alive. And we know that mm-hmm. when that signal starts happening, it says, hey, reproductive system, you're optional. Just go. Like, we're good. Yeah. And that's why our periods go away. It all comes down to really two things. The signals that your body is getting and what that kind of create. So your body gets a signal and then it decides, what do we do with this? Do we make more progesterone? Do we make less? Do we shut down our female hormones? Mm -hmm. Do we stay stressed out? And then what nutrients does your body have to make hormones? So if, you know, you're dieting on top of the increased exercise and your body now is being signaled that it's in a dangerous state and it doesn't have those building blocks to make progesterone, it's like, okay, cool. Like we're going to use what we do have to make something better that will keep us alive. I love people that come onto this show and bring it back to like, listen, the core issue is always stress reduction. The core Mm -hmm. issue (laughs) is your, your body does not know the difference between a real tiger and what Ken Ginsburg, who wrote a bunch of books for the American Academy of Pediatrics calls paper tigers, right? Like your bill that's about to be due and you can't pay it. That email from your boss, right? It's on paper. It's like not a real threat, but your body sees it as exactly the same as you literally Mm -hmm. being about to be eaten by a tiger in the African savannah. So your body does the exact same stuff hormonally and with your stress hormones that it would in that situation. So what I'm hearing you say, I'm going to, I'm going to read between the lines is like the answer then is figuring out how do we take care of ourselves in holistic ways so that we can have less of that stress so we can not have all those paper tigers jump out at us so that like, if someone makes a sandwich wrong, our levels don't go like through the roof of cortisol and all of our stress reaction. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So it's all about those same two things. So we need to give our body different signals by decreasing our stress. And it's not, I remembered people used to tell me, especially again, like fertility journey, like just don't be stressed out, just be less stressed. Right. And first of all, that's like right. the most untangible advice I've ever heard. But secondly, right. we think that's so mental. Like, I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, like I'll just like be less stressed. I'll just like will myself to be less stressed. But there's very much a physiological and like physical component to it as well. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to kind of equate it back, you know, having people that, you know, speaking with women that have kids and having kids myself, like I would never let my kid not eat until two o'clock. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I know how he would act. He'd act like a crazy person. If he woke up at Mm -hmm. six and did all this stuff that he does, which who knows, I mean, just crazy stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, oh my gosh, he's acting so bad. Like his behavior is so bad. Immediately I would be like, oh, well, he hasn't eaten. Or I would think like, oh, well, he hasn't sleeping. Or I would think, oh, well, he 
sleep in. That's not a word, but, <laughs> or I would think like, I heard you. Oh, I heard it. <laughs> he's been watching YouTube videos for the last three hours. So like you think of these things, it's not yeah. hard concepts to support your body and support your hormones because you know them because you do them for your kids. It's just that we don't think about like, well, how does that apply to me? Like, I have missed breakfast and I've taken three bites of goldfish and now it's two o'clock and I'm wondering, you know, after three weeks of doing this, why I feel like I have no energy and my body's functioning, you know, on fumes. Well, it is. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge piece too, because over time we can get to where that becomes the normal and our body adapts to it because it's like, okay, well, this is just where we are and where we live and what our situation is. So it will actually stop sending you hunger signals because it's like, we can't waste our energy. She, she can't eat. Like she doesn't have food because your body's thinking, well, if you were hungry, you would eat. Like if you had food available, you would eat it. Again, our body has no idea. It always assumes Mm -hmm. the absolute best of us. Sometimes I get emotional because I'm like, your body has no idea that you would just starve it for no reason. (laughs) And like, it's really trying to keep you safe because it's like, Hey girl, like we know you don't have food available. So we're not even going to be asking for it because we just want to make sure you have all the energy to keep you to keep, to stay alive. Right. Yeah. And it's really nice that our bodies protect us that way. But again, we don't necessarily see it like that. We're just kind of like, Oh my gosh, like my body's failing. It's broken. Like nothing's working. And in a lot of times it comes back to us not understanding how do we intentionally lower those stress signals And then how do we intentionally support our body by giving it an excess of those nutrients to make hormones? And the way this Mm -hmm. all kind of links back is when we're high stress, we deplete nutrients because our body's burning through. It's trying to do so much with so little that it uses a lot of what we need for those. Remember, going back to those little tiny cells to function. So we see issues with magnesium levels. We see issues with potassium levels and not necessarily like levels when we look on blood work, more so Mm -hmm. levels in the cells. And so a lot of times, you know, I don't love for people to go crazy on supplements because most of what you need, you're just going to be able to get from food anyways. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's really important to understand that When your body is under this high stress and then it gets in this depleted state, it's a cycle because the depletions cause stress and the stress furthers the depletion. So you really have to, you know, be intentional about both. How do I set up my life in a way that isn't stressing my body out from a physiological standpoint? And then how do I give it more of what it needs to function well? And what is that? So that when it gets the signal that things aren't so stressful, it can do what it needs to do to keep things balanced. Because your body's people are like, how do I balance my hormones? I'm like, your body balances your hormones. It does it. It does it itself. Right. You don't have to will yourself to make more estrogen. It wants to make estrogen and it wants to make it in balance. And if it's not, then there's a disruption in one of those two areas, the signaling or the, the vehicle, which is your hormone production, the ability to make those hormones to carry out what the signal said. Let me give somebody who's listening to just like a piece of gold right now, because I know that there are so many people who are listening, so many women who are listening, who are like, here's what happens when I slow down. Here's what happens when I try to take care of myself. I'm actually so used to running on high frequency 
I'm actually so used to running in a stressed state. I'm so used to consuming. I'm so used to being productive. I have so much Mm -hmm. value and so much self-worth that is tied to my ability to check off a checklist and add additional shit to my checklist or to prove myself in some way that when they slow down, they can't. And I want to tell you, if you were listening to this and you are in that place, I have been there too, where I would literally go on a vacation and have, that would be the hardest moment for me would be to like sit in a chair and just like look out at the ocean because I'm not doing anything. And so like uh, my body starts sending me, like I would be the most anxious in those moments because I would feel like "Ah, ah, ah, I got to keep going. This feels unnatural. And I think that's additional piece you're talking about. It's like, we have to teach ourselves a new rhythm of what is normal that is actually restorative and nutritive to our bodies. And if you are thinking there's no way I could do that, there's no shame. That's just the way you've been conditioned. You know, I know in my life, there's been a lot of, of, you know, messages that were taught to me about like, this is how you succeed is to keep on keeping on and being productive and working and constantly driving in that kind of hustle culture. And so it might be that you have to get curious with the help of a therapist or of a good friend, Mm -hmm. or that it takes just that awareness of, huh, I'm noticing I'm, this is how I operate. And that's maybe the first step for you. And then you're able to implement some of these really basic ideas that we're talking about about trying to prioritize rest and feeding your body who does not who doesn't know the difference between when you're starving it <laughs> or what you're calling intermittent fasting right like your right. body has no idea that you not eating for 16 hours is like a conscious choice it thinks that literally you have no food and so it's going to yeah. act like that in terms of your hormones and your stress hormones yeah and i think a huge piece just to touch on that too is that i think a lot of us think that like to change these signals and to increase these nutrients, we have to do all of these things, right? Like we're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. okay, well then I've got to do yoga and I've got to quit my job and my husband's <laughs> got to take care of my kids now. Like that's the only way I can function, uh-huh. right? That's not it at all. It is about looking at what are the habits and the routines and the things you're already doing every single day and how do you add in pieces of support into those? So what that may look mm-hmm. like is you're waking up every day. All right, cool. Could you find five minutes to just like take a deep breath and not have your phone? Maybe Mm -hmm. if you can't, that's okay. Could you turn the radio off in the car when you're driving home from dropping the kids off and literally Mm -hmm. just let there be silent? It's going to feel uncomfortable. But if you take these little micro steps of discomfort, then it actually starts changing those signals. And the coolest thing about our body and our brains is that once it starts realizing, hey, the signal's changing, it actually supports that. It actually helps you strengthen that new signal. It's just that there's some discomfort for a little bit because it doesn't understand, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? And so it takes about two to three weeks of doing something consistently for our body to realize like, oh, this is going to be how it is now. And this is a good thing. So we can start shifting and changing. And again, it's great that our bodies were like that because if they weren't and like they changed based off of everything we did every single day, like something new was happening, 
like we would be crazy people. We kind of are, but essentially like (laughs) it really is just like bridging those gaps. You're already eating. So let's just take the foods that you're eating that you love and add some things to them that we know are going to replenish those nutrients that get burnt out when you're highly stressed. Let's, you know, work on our timing so we can stabilize your blood sugar. That's the whole bigger issue in terms of like when your kids don't eat a lot of my toddler, I feel like I've joked before. I'm like, I think there needs to be a course on behavior and blood sugar stabilization in toddlers. Like I feel like that is our (laughs) magic goal. (laughs) Yep. And a lot of times it's it's choosing things that we have, that, that we've utilized out of convenience for one season that's carried through to a season we don't necessarily need it anymore. So when you're postpartum and you're handing your toddler, you know, bag of goldfish, like I get it. Cool. When you're sitting them in front of the TV Mm -hmm. so you can breastfeed to watch Moana, like, yeah, do it. Mm -hmm. But when you get to kind of a different season and you're ready of like, okay, my body's really needing support and I'm really needing support or my child's really needing support. Just pick one of those kind of things that we've adapted as habits and switch it out. Use the same habit, but switch it for something else. Trade the Moana for Montessori blocks or trade the goldfish for half an avocado and put, we put balsamic vinegar glaze on it and tell mm-hmm. it's Batman yeah. sauce. Like <laughs> there's so many things that can be small and intentional that literally it just takes you taking that extra five to 10 minutes that sometimes you feel like you don't have but choosing that that's what you're going to do anyways to make the more difficult choice because you know that what's on the other side of that is actually so much better than what your day looks like if you don't take the five to 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really, that's how I structure all my programs is like teaching plus action steps. And I do it in a way that like, you aren't changing your life. We're not overhauling. We aren't giving you mm-hmm. meal plans. Like, You don't have to calorie count. We're literally just saying, hey, what are you already doing? What do you love? And then let's just make those things 10% better. And we just keep doing that with, you know, thing after thing. And a lot of times, if you can improve kind of how you're functioning and add like 20 to 30% more support, you can see 100% of your symptoms resolve, right? And so like people, I think, again, we're, we're just taught that mentality. And it, I, I really think it goes back to diet culture because when you are restricting and when you focus mm-hmm. on diet culture, you have to be 100% over time because, again, your body adapts and it starts like adjusting to what you do. So now your 80-20 rule doesn't apply. You've got to be 100 to see results. And that's so not true and it's mm-hmm. so not sustainable. But, again, we take these same kind of concepts and principles and apply them to all of these other areas of our lives they just don't apply to anymore. So I definitely yeah. want to encourage, just like what you said, like it does not have to be – that you are just sitting in silence for 30 minutes every day or that you have to plan vacations and and change jobs. It's really like, let's just look at your small margins and take, take them and make them intentional. This is so good. If you guys want more support on the diet culture piece, listen to our episode with Paige Bryant. She was amazing. She talked about her journey with eating disorders. If you want more on that mindful self-compassion piece and awareness, our episode with Kristen Neff was amazing, who wrote the book, Self-Compassion. And yes, you guys, please go visit Heather's website. So that way you can learn more about her. Heather, where can people find you on the web, on your site? How can people get in touch with you? Yeah. So I will say I hang out the most on Instagram and that is probably where you will get like 
all the mini trainings. I'm a little long-winded if you haven't been able to tell. So we, we get a lot of dots <laughs> over there on our Instagram stories. But we do ask me anything. I mean, I just really, that is where I am most involved with you guys and bringing that level of support. And then when you are ready to like really, you know, take action and move forward, we have programs that we open up. We're always talking about them on Instagram and our email list. You can find all of that at drheatherroads.com. It's also all linked with our link tree in our Instagram bio. So Instagram is probably your best place to hang out. But if you don't have Instagram, head to the website at www.drheatherroads. And it's just dr.com. Awesome. Thank you for being here, Heather. Of course. Oh, and I didn't even say, sorry. I just, it just hit me. I didn't even say my Instagram handle. <laughs> so we're just Dr. <laughs> Heather Rhodes on Instagram too. <laughs> Okay. Awesome. Great. This has been amazing. Thank you so, so much. Hey mama, if you want more of the modern mommy doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag modern mommy doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.